Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so excited to be joined by the always incredible Jeremy Pope to talk all about his latest film, The Inspection. And and I wanted to start by talking a little bit about the way that you've shaped this character on screen with the fact that Elegant Spratton, who's the, the writer and director, is telling such a personal story of his own experience. And I know he was such an incredible resource to you throughout this role. So when you were first sitting down with the script once you'd been cast, was it more about asking introspective questions with yourself about the character or more about jumping straight into conversations and and that collaborative element with elegance to answer a lot of the questions and to fill in a lot of the the gaps and the details and the backstory in the way that you always do right right I think you know I read the script and I I felt and I knew what was on the page but I also I I knew that it was the way that this character was going to come about and I think our audience our way in for the audience was finding what wasn't on the page the nuance of understanding his perspective of being in this institution and the fears and the ways that he's kind of shape-shifting and negotiating his safety, um, I thought would be interesting. So first of all, for elegance, uh, being the source of all sources, being my writer, my director, I had to, you have to trust me because that's the only way that this collaboration will work. Um, as you trust my instincts, I trust yours. And you know that was where I think our journey began is I felt his trust and his support so that I could begin to craft my version of, of French and know that the stories and the conversations that we were having, it was all kind of being thrown into the pot for me to just further nuance the experience of French. Um, we shot this movie in 19 days um, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of Mississippi in 117 degree weather. So a lot of the times we just had to show up and, and get our day complete, but that took, you know, pre-conversations and me just kind of doing the further excavation of what, what am I not feeling or what isn't being represented on the page and how can I imbue French with it so that it still resonates, um, you know, in, in, in our, in our storyline. And and in the way that Elegance has talked about this story, you know, Elegance has mentioned how when he was unhoused, he felt like he didn't have a value in the world. And so much about this is not a character who's questioning who he is, but questioning his space in the world around him. Um, and I thought that was such a beautiful journey to watch a character go on. And so as you were approaching this role, how did you set about finding the nuance of knowing where you wanted to take him to and the journey you wanted him to have towards the end and how you were going to take him from the beginning version that we meet at the top of the film and carry him through with these very delicate and subtle evolutions as a character? Right, right. Um, yeah, it's, you know, I think me just having my own experiences of being and feeling abandoned by people that are meant to love you unconditionally, shape-shifting, I think any marginalized groups of people or person will know what that means, where you go into a space and you have to leave so much that you know of yourself behind in order to feel safe or to feel comfortable. So that's those are those are things that I experience day to day and have experienced through my life. So, you know, it it, it was about how does this character show up in this space space initially versus how do they end end up? Like how do they get through? Um, and like you said, it isn't a story that is about you know. French going to to boot camp and becoming stronger and doing, you know, doing things he didn't know he could do. It's, he always had it within him. It was, it was, he was always equipped. It was just someone identifying and giving him a sense of purpose and then showing up in that purpose. And I think elegance is the testimony of that. It's like his life didn't end in just serving, you know, our country and in the military and the Marines. It's like that gave him a sense of purpose for him to follow the calling. And here we are now 
him as a filmmaker using his stories and you know his pain to bring healing and to bring a perspective of how LGBTQIA individuals have had to navigate the spaces of being of service and, and what it means to ultimately serve yourself. And and with French as a character in the film, in that space of, of having felt so abandoned, you know, his story in the film is that he's been by himself since he was 16 and he's 25 now. So it's been nine years of, of distance in that relationship with his mom. And that's why there's so much to unpack in the scene where he goes to her house to get his birth certificate. And there's very few words exchanged between you and Gabrielle Union in that moment and so much subtext at play. And so how did the two of you find the different layers, the different textures and just this space of, of love and hope and things that have been lost and left behind and regrets that all are existing in this compounded space between them? Right. It, you know, I think there's a very thin line because the, the words on the page are very hard and hurtful. Um, but elegance said to me earlier, I don't hate my mom. I never hated my mom. And what that meant for me was she is and was the North Star for all of this. Even this film getting made, this was an attempt for him to reach out to his mom. Um, they hadn't spoken in years. Unfortunately, she, she passed a few days after the movie was greenlit. Um, but this was another attempt. So I knew that the relationship between French and Inez was that there had to be a longing, an unexplainable longing for each other and how they just can't seem to find each other. And there is love, but it's conditional. I can love you in this way or when you treat me in this way or when you are represented in this way. So um, I think that informed a lot of the feelings. And with me and Gab, it was about the excavation of what's not on the page. What does it mean to, to share a space together for these two characters? What does it mean to sit across from each other and for there to be a smile and what's in that smile and what's in that exchange of a physical connection? Like there was so much that we could do with body language and the power of just when energy is in a space and the things that aren't said I feel like oftentimes that's where our truth lies um and the things we don't say and you know I think in film you can get that inter you know that perspective of a person and watch them negotiate from not saying the thing they want to say to 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 doing the thing that feels in opposition of that but the audience understanding just the complex nature um and I think we feel that which then informs the rest of the movie as you know, French goes on this journey to complete boot camp to have his mom show up for him, for her to see him in this way, um, but ultimately arrive at a different conclusion together. And there's there's a moment in the film where his mom is in essence saying to him, you know, I, I love you, but I can't love who you are and what you are, um, which is so heartbreaking. But it's also so important that that French as a character, you know, kind of going back to the idea of he's not trying to figure out who he is. He doesn't try to contort himself into a different version of himself fully for other people. And so is it important to you to make a lot of creative choices for him as a character where even if he is subduing certain sides of himself, that he's never losing who he is and he's not willing to become someone completely different for the fact that that would make the relationship with his mom easier or make people at boot camp right. accept him more. Right. I think you just hit on the head. I think this, you know, this story is, is about this character learning, oh, the people and the things that don't serve me don't serve me. And me being, me stepping in a line with my purpose and what's for me. Um, and that's just been my journey as an artist and as a creative is stop shape-shifting, stop trying to be these versions of yourself, which ultimately don't lead me to freedom and self-acceptance and self-love and self-worth um, and understanding who and what I am and what I have to offer. Um, 
And I think that is what French realizes going through trial and trial and trial and being at a low of not having resources and going, okay, I'm going to join the service. And in that decision leads to another decision in the decision of him, you know, becoming fully realized and understanding his worth and completing boot camp, he has to make another decision of, do I keep catering to this relationship that doesn't serve the evolved version of what I know? And when you know better, you do better. So when you know more about yourself, you learn to treat yourself a bit better. And I think that's what we we, we kind of track is he's learning to love and to show up for the evolved version of French and going, I've always been this, I've always had this perspective. And he says to his mom in that same breath that she says, I can't love who you, you know, what you are. He says, when you're ready, I'll be here. And I think that's so important is the strength in that and the vulnerability of that, of French not necessarily giving up on his mother, but knowing that our relationship is going to have to look very different because of the things you say and the way you try to treat me. And he goes, I can't serve that anymore. And elegance ultimately couldn't serve that anymore. And he had to separate and they didn't talk for years. And it's a complicated relationship because he, you know, he still wants his mother, still wanted his mother's, you know, affection and love and, you know, for her to see him um, fully but thus is life. And, you know, I, th I think it, it, it just, it sheds light on complex relations and, and perspectives and how this black queer man was able to be the hero of his own story because he said so, you know what I mean? Not because someone told him or, you know, it was like all of these things informed him for him to find that kind of will and that love for himself. Yeah. He's, he's also a character who has, has gone through the self-reflection of the idea of his own mortality and there's that that moment where he's talking to Rosales and he's he's in essence saying if I died on the streets my death would need not mean nothing but if I die in this uniform then my death will mean something and and he's had people in his life close to him pass away on the streets and he's seen what that means yeah. um and obviously in, in joining the Marines, he knows that there's an inevitability that he could end up on the front line. He could end up in a place where his life is potentially taken in serving. And so how did you view that that relationship or what it means to a character and to a person to have had that sort of level of reconciliation, you know, especially for him at such a young age to have thought about all of that for so many years? Sure. You know, I think, you know, I've never been homeless um, and, you know, that was where elegance just sharing his truth with me and kind of trying to understand someone who gets kicked out of their house for being gay and has to go to the streets and has to live on the streets and find ways. And people go, well, why the Marines? And just go, he lived on the streets for 10 years. This, you know, the Marines wasn't the first attempt at survival. It was just one of the ones that stuck and like he was able to, to navigate, you know, because he says, I tried many things. He, you know, like he had a life of of experiences and loss and learning. Um, but it wasn't until he, he, you know, he joined the Marines that he found purpose and someone giving his life meaning and saying, your job and your duty here is to protect the man to your left and to your right. And he was able and felt able to do that. And that's what set him to, oh, my life isn't meaningless because the streets are telling me different. The streets are telling me that, you know, black men die of HIV and AIDS. The streets are telling me that my life is meaningless, that it, you know, that when I die, um, it won't mean anything. I don't have a mother. I don't have family. I don't have these things. So joining the service gave him a duty, gave him responsibility, gave him purpose and meaning. Um, and for me, as I was building front to just try to understand that what that like worth means and for him in that time to be so young and to be so vulnerable and, tr and try to track like 
Okay, he's 25 then, but think of the years from 16 to 25, those fundamental years of learning what it is to be a man, what it means to be independent, and all of the examples he may have had, right and wrong, that led him to this kind of, you know, this just, just place and how he makes decisions and how he treats other people and his relationship to love and love being transactional. I think that's an interesting relationship with Rosales where he kind of misreads cues of someone showing support or uplifting him or encouraging him for this must be sexual tension. This must be transactional in that way, but that's just understanding that's how he's identified love. And when someone shows up for you, it's like they must want something from you. Um, so I think our story does an interesting job of understanding, you know, the complexity of that relationship in conjunction with his mother and the other, you know, people he's in boot camp with, um, of just how he has to navigate and shapeshift and ultimately how he goes, you know what, none of the shapeshifting serves me. So let me just serve myself and hustle in that. And then what we start to see happen is how that affect, you know, or how that has an effect on the other people and the other things that they're going through. And just ultimately everyone trying to arise at this, this version of what a man and masculinity means, which ultimately is just, we would all fail trying to be these examples and these tropes of what institutions and spaces require us and, and, and want us to be versus just being honest and just being vulnerable and just being truthful um, you know what I mean? I think that ends up being his his weapon and ends up being the thing that makes him the strongest in this space. And and with the fact that he he does kind of have this different idea at first about what the relationship with Rosales is, um, Elegance has built and constructed these these really beautiful you know imagination sequences where we get to see inside of his, if what he's thinking and how he's viewing the world and what he's thinking about at night in this different way. And so, how did the two of you set about finding what you wanted the dynamic and the tone and the the feel of those scenes to be in terms of where they place the character emotionally when we see them happen on screen? Right, right. Um, you know, I think. It's a big shout out to our DP, Lachlan, um, who had such a vision and a perspective of how it was going to be shot. Um, again, I just can't emphasize shooting a movie in 19 days and all of the parts and pieces that go into that and shooting out of order for a first time filmmaker. A lot of it is happy accident. A lot of it is just everyone showing up for the position that they play in fullness and then some. Um, I remember specifically, we have a fantasy scene in the shower and we weren't making our day at the time. So it became, while we were waiting for, I think, talent to do something else, they just put the camera on me and I started to just feel and imagine and just kind of be in my own perspective. And that ends up being kind of the entire fantasy sequence. We imagined it different in shooting, you know, leading up to the day we're shooting it. But with that time constraint and being where we needed to be, he was like, the perspective is understanding French. So he just put the camera on me and I remember being like, go. And I just put water on, it was so freezing. And we just we just went for a take. And I remember Lachlan was just capturing things when he could. Um, but again, I think us understanding what the moment was before in it and after, it helped for us when we needed to kind of run and gun and pick up the camera and just, I needed to be where French was in that perspective. Um, you know what I mean? So. I, I, again, I think it's just elegance and his way of wanting to move through the story and Lachlan, our great DP, having a vision and bringing that perspective. Um, and then me just kind of, you know, trying to show up as best as I could for the person who is my writer, my director and the soul and the source across the room for me. 
And and then when it comes to the aspect of of the film, which is essentially all the hazing that he's experiencing from his fellow Marines throughout, it's it's so claustrophobic and so immersive because he's also sharing a room with all of them at night. There's literally no escape from it. And then there's such a shift in the moment when they're doing the life-saving exercise in the pool. And there's a moment where he could die in that exercise because nobody jumps in to save him. And that takes it to a whole other level from what he's already been experiencing. And so what did that unlock in French for you when he, when he goes through an experience like that with everybody around him, given that what you were saying about, you know, there is that mantra about you're there to protect the Marine to your left and the Marine to your right. And they're doing the exact opposite to him. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. It's, you know, I think I, I, I've shared this before, but I was walking in Harlem once um, from 140th to 144th. I dropped a friend off. I was wearing a denim blue shirt with polka dots on it, very lightly. Um, and I remember walking and just someone punching me in my face for no reason, didn't take anything from me. And they just kind of looked at me and just kept walking. And I kept thinking, what did I do wrong? Was it was it the polka dot shirt? That's why I give you that detail, because that must have been the thing that made this person feel threatened by me. And I remember in a moment where there were people around that could have jumped in and helped. They just looked at me and told me, go home, just go home. And I, what I, I ran home because I didn't, know, I didn't feel safe on the streets. There was no one looking out for just the human experience. If someone has just been assaulted, we should care for them. We should go make sure we should call for help. It was none of that. It was just, hey, I don't want trouble. You need to, you need to go on about your business. Um, so I think about, I thought about that moment a lot of the time when we were in the shower scene, we were in a pool scene where there was this sense of hazing and no one there to protect and everyone kind of observing the mistreatment, but not doing anything about it and how isolating and 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 hard those experiences were for me and must have been for, for, for Ellis um, and for elegance. Um, so I was able to just Im- imbue as much as I could and I felt in my own experiences to these moments. Um, and I think my cast was really great as far as understanding tonally what was happening on those days and really showing up for me and making sure I was taken care of. Um, because, you know, the things that they're being asked to say and do to me are very hard. And I think, you know, the thing that's interesting with those scenes, I remember, you know, I'd go through the shower scene or you go through the pool and what you don't equate for as the actor is the sign or the sounds of pain that you make when you go through that and how my body wouldn't know that it wasn't real. So sometimes the camera would, we'd be down, but I'd still be in the motion or the moment. And I was like, cause it was triggering the thing that happened to me before in that, in that time of feeling abandoned and not feeling safe, um, which was hard and, and hard to do. And elegance was great about not making me do it a bunch of times because how real and, hard it felt, um, but ultimately knowing it was of service and knowing that to tell it in these authentic and real and, and honest ways would would bring truth for people um, and bring them closer to the heart and the soul of these characters and and, and our thesis of what we wanted the story to be. Um, you know, so I, I just, I trusted and believed that by me going through it again and having to relive some of these, these painful and hard moments that it would, it would bring light to, to, to the end of the story and the end of him being his own hero and finding a way through and out and becoming strong and triumphant in, in these moments of pain and these moments of people wanting to, to dim your light, you know? 
and and there is so much emotional complexity to to unpack within the with this within this character and in this film um and i've heard you say that you kind of you felt somewhat prepared for going into that side of it but that there was the whole physical side of the film as well that you 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 almost kind of you were so focused on the emotional side that you hadn't thought about the physical elements and some of what that was going to bring yeah. but what's so incredibly crafted in those moments in the boot camp training is how much of the emotional side we start to understand about the character you know we see those moments where he recognizes he has to work twice as hard as every other person around him we recognize that failure is just not an option for him and we see the way that it's this release and escapism and a way to ground himself with everything he's going through and so as you were going through the various stages of boot camp as well as looking at the physical escalation of the character you know as he builds more stamina as he builds more strength from all the exercises how did you also want to calibrate alongside that the emotional trajectory of what that also means to him at different stages yeah yeah it's very interesting it was and it was something i had to mentally just track uh because we were doing such i think great work emotionally and the arc of that but how that was informing the physical and the physical informing the emotional and how in a moment of him feeling weak physically, it's like he doesn't want to show that emotionally. So it was just like the contrast of, of and the cameras here. So I felt like they allowed me to find the subtlety and the nuance of, again, him and his perspective and the negotiation of how much he shares outwardly versus what's happening eternally, internally. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely was not prepared physically for the demand that this role and this, this time was going to take for me. And that was hard. That was hard to be asked to do it physically and emotionally. And, and sometimes you look at, you know, the page count that day, it'd be like one page, they're just doing, you know, pushups in the grass, but it's like, fuck, it's 118 degree weather. I'm in this camos and the cameras. It's like, I didn't think about that. Like, it feels like one page with no dialogue, but it actually, there's so much dialogue happening. Um, you know what I mean? I passed out on set. There were so many things that happened in, in making this film. Um, that I was, God, I hope this is worth it because it's, I'm really going through it. Like for real, I, it, there was sometimes little acting required because you were just doing the thing that, you know, whether it was these pushups or these drills or whatever, it's like, I'm just going to do it and you're going to capture it, um, you know, because it, 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 it was hard and it was rigorous, um, you know, and, and challenging just for me. I'd never served. I'd never really done boot camps. I ran track and did things in, in school, but this was just mentally took a different toll on, on all of us. Shaving your head, like all of the things that, you know, Marines, they strip you of the things that feel like identity. Um, and then, and, and you're asked to do these things that feel insane, um, you know, uh, but I feel very proud that I've done it. It's on screen. So maybe I don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> And, and in talking a little bit about, you know, the, the culmination and the end of the film and and where he is in that that space. And, and it kind of goes back to everything you were talking about in terms of his relationship with his mom, the fact that she shows up, but also it still doesn't conclude for the two of them in that moment in the way that he's hoped at the end. You know, she, in essence, is trying to out him to the entire platoon in the room um, when she realizes, OK, he's still not going to change and become the person I need him to be. And at the same time, there's also the reaction to that is his platoon actually claiming him as, as mm. theirs. And so again, there's, there's just like, there's a lot at play emotionally for him. And so how did you want to go into that scene and, and just find that space of not everything is resolved in his world, but there is a space of, of hopefulness for what he has managed to build for himself. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, again, if, if Gab and the mother's relationship is, you know, 
French North Star. It's like, you know, you have these scenes, you have the top scene, you have a phone call, and then we have an end. Um, and just how the, the evolution of their relationship in that time. And again, it's not that there has been a lot of words exchanged, but it's just an energy thing and a feeling and the way that she views him. And now that she sees him in this uniform and how maybe he wears the uniform, you know, being proud that he did complete the boot camp. And I think there's a sense of him being comfortable and, you know, in the, in this final scene and, you know, taking ownership and, you know, being like, I have options. I'm going to, I'm going to see where I'm going to live. And like, it was just a new version of himself, you know, that he was opening him, you know, his, his opening up himself too for his mother and then to kind of be met with that, you know, that conversation of boot camp didn't make me straight. It made me a lot of other things. It gave me a uniform. It gave me a sense of purpose and uh, resources. And, uh, you know, now I have these group of people who will, who are serving alongside me, but the one thing that, you know, she needed to happen didn't happen. And we kind of watch the chipping of the relationship in real time just kind of happen. Um, but again, that negotiation of how he allows it to affect him. Um, you know, and I think to have this platoon of men show up for him and hoorah and, 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 and champion him for once, um, what that feels like and the courage and the strength that gives him to then set the record straight with his mother kind of one final time and, 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 and tell her what this relationship is going to be, you know what I mean? And, and, and while that's not the happy ending, while that's not the bow on, you know, a story in which we feel like we want that, we want her to just be all in and to love and, and to care for this character, it's complex and she just can't. Um, and, you know, and, and, and I think that kind of final moment of watching French sit with those words of, I will love you to the day that I die, but I can't love what you are. And I think it just, it lands on him in a very specific way um, because it means so much and it wants to feel like everything is lost. But I think he is able to hold on to that hope and hold on to that, I'm gonna be okay because I say so. And just like my mom wasn't here for boot camp, I'm gonna continue to make decisions that's gonna lead to another decision and that will inform my purpose on this earth. And I think that's exactly what elegance has done um, he's listened to his heart and his good instincts, and it's it's led him to this place of being becoming an artist and and using his stories to to heal. He definitely healed me. He definitely affirmed me as a black man, as a black queer man. How we can show up for ourselves and love on ourselves, and what communities um, of people building and pouring into us can look like and feel like, and ultimately you know end up like. So um, he's a gift. He's a blessing. Um, it hurts my heart that is. His mother couldn't see that fully realized, you know, on with her time here on earth. But I, I have to believe and I choose to believe that she's looking down and 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 understanding him and learning and and loving on him, you know, from from the clouds and continuing to inform him that he is enough and that he is loved and affirmed and 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 needed in this in this world, you know. Yeah. And and in making this film as well, this this was your first time as a lead in a feature film um and with everything that this role asked of you and and all of the emotional spaces you had to carry yourself to for such an intense shoot and performance how do you feel that that has evolved the relationship that you have with your craft as an actor from everything that you had to accomplish in this right um i think you know you this role <laughs> because it was such a short period of time and there was so much for me to do, it was all about trusting. And I think any artist 
hearing, listening, knowing this. It's like trusting what you do and why you do. And when you understand your why, and I say my why, why am I in this room? Why do I want to tell the story? What does the story mean for me and to me? And I think you really have to have that why when you're doing indie films, because you never know where they're going to end up, whether it's going to be 10 people in an audience or it's going to be at TIFF, New York Film Fest. Like you just never know the trajectory of what your film can and will do. So you have to love the art and 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 making art um, and the collaborators and what you're doing. So, but this film affirmed me and what my capability um, and how I can lead, you know? And I think sometimes it's so tricky as an artist where you're like, how do I get the credit to lead a film if I don't have a previous credit of leading a film? Like where people will take that, that chance and that bet on you. It's like, how do you build a resume <laughs> if no one's giving you opportunities on your resume? You know what I mean? It's like this, this, this thing. And it's so tricky as an artist because sometimes your CV, your resume is everything and your box office mentions are everything. So when you don't have that, will a studio take a chance on you for you to lead a story because you're right for the job? And while I connected with Elegance early on, loved the script, he said, let's do it. It took nine months for me to kind of hear about this project. And it was hard for me because I was like, I feel instinctually I'm supposed to be in that room. I'm supposed to tell this story, but also trusting if that wasn't for me on my journey, I have to let that go and know that that meeting was not in vain and we will connect in some other space at some other time. But the universe was right on that one. And, and I was supposed to be in that space. And so then when I got the yes, it was just about me imbuing all that I have and everything that I know into it. Um, and, you know, believing and trusting if I put my truth and my all into it, that hopefully that will resonate on screen. I think that's my always approach with anything is like, I want it to, to look like how it felt. Um, and I think that's just about me under, you know, unpacking what's not on the page and just trying to find as much nuance as I can. And then trusting that the work is there, that it's in, it's in the, it's in the pie. And hopefully those things will resonate when we, when someone crafts it together. Um, so I'm very proud of our film, The Inspection, and just what it means, what it meant to me in that time, what it means for elegance, and just how it's you know resonating with so many people. I think that's the beautiful thing about doing these festivals. You get to have Q&As, and you get to connect with your audience and hear what resonated with them immediately after. And that's been so nice to have and different than you know my experience with the show coming out on Netflix and all that really changes is your Instagram following. You're like, I think people are watching the show. Like, you know what I mean? But you get to like have these real human connections with people and how the story resonates with them. And it, it's been just a, a, a dream, um, you know, having this indie film get the love and, 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 and respect that it's been gaining on this journey. Well, I'm I'm so glad that that did end up being the space that you were meant to be in and making this film. It is it's such an incredible performance, and it's so clear from from the way that you've captured him on screen that there was so much dedication and so much care that went into it. So, really appreciate you talking about this, and congratulations on such a beautiful film. Thank you so much for having me.